G'day everyone and welcome to another Bloody Movie Podcast. I'm Sean Coates, thank you so much for tuning in. And today, well, I'm out of the big hustle and bustle of the big city and back home in Shepparton and here with a returning guest. Last time we talked about 80s films and this time we're going on to the next decade of the 90s with my good mate Kyle Gibson. Hello. Good to be back on the show, isn't it? Yeah. You're only the, you, you are only the second guest I've had that has been on multiple times. How does that make you feel? Uh, I don't know, man. Makes me feel like... It makes you feel pretty damn special, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. 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 Pretty damn special. Yeah, I know. It was a very prestigious podcast, and uh, thank you. (laughs) And while I'm here, thank you for everyone who has listened in so far. The other day, I just hit 300 plays, which is awesome. Not for one particular episode, but for every episode I put up so far out of the 10 or 12 but pretty good. Look, it's a start as well, and yeah. I'm really happy with that. So thank you. And if you're not listening, I know who you are. I check the SoundCloud stats. It tells you. It tells me the SoundCloud, uh, like the people who listen and their accounts. So I know who's not listening. Oh, so, so, so is that just on SoundCloud that you've got 300? Sorry, no, that's everything. But just SoundCloud gets. Oh, SoundCloud. Sa- tracks SoundCloud all tracks everything. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so it has been a long time since I've done an episode. My episode with Steel was about mm, halfway through May. And it is now the beginning of July, so mm-hmm. there are a lot of movies that I've seen, but I am currently also doing a catch-up episode just by myself, which is very, very difficult to do, <laughs> and one of the episodes that I was going to talk about in that was Jordan Peele's Get Out, but because Kyle and I saw this together, and yeah. to save me having to think about what I was going to say for that episode, we're just going to discuss this here before we get into talking about one of our, some of our favourite films from the 1990s. So... Get out. I'm talking about the movie. I'm not. That's yeah. just. Yeah. So, what did you think? Um. Well, you already know that. Uh, it's my fucking film of the year. Like, I don't even fucking care how good Star Wars is, man. I'm not the biggest movie nerd, so when I see a movie, I, I, my version of that was a great film is just, eh, that was good. It's like that was entertaining. But this movie. I'd, I'd already read uh, the description of it on Wikipedia because I didn't think I was going to go see it, but I'd heard a lot about it. So I already knew the basic plot, and this movie still surprised me. Like, this, not only is it, like, good to watch, it's fucking clever. Yeah, it's very, very clever. Like, as, as we just watched the Cinema Sins video on it, some of the things yeah. they point out, the subtlety of this movie is fucking astounding. Mm-hmm. It's really, it really, what it really does well is, like, the paranoia of, like, being alone. Yeah. Not really alone alone, but kind of, like, like, there's no one around to, like... Yeah. Well, one of the things that Jordan Peele has said about the film, uh, the director, um, was that he really wanted to capture the feeling of being the only black person around a bunch of white people. Yeah. Which, uh... (laughs) Yeah, yeah the, the, how awkward that feels, yeah. There's several scenes... Well, how it would feel, coming from two white guys, by the way. Yeah. But uh, there's several scenes that are just talking, and they don't really serve any purpose to the plot other than give, making it very, very clear that he's uncomfortable as fuck, the mm. main character, because there's just white people talking on and on about, oh, I love this black person and yeah, this black person. Yeah, it's like person. Tiger Woods is amazing and all this stuff. And that, that's really... I voted for Barack Obama. Yeah, it, no, it was something about, like, I think the dad, uh, like, his, like, soon-to-be father-in-law or whatever was saying, like, I would have I voted for Obama for a third term or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would have voted for a third term if I could have. 
Um, yeah, and it's just kind of amazing for Jordan Peele for like a black guy writing what white people think about black people. It's yeah. kind of amazing, like that. He like he does that for like he does have kind of stereotypical like black characters, like the TSA guy. The, the, I'm forgetting the, um, his name. Yeah, I can't remember. But any of the God, he's all, he's amazing. The, the TSA guy is a massive fucking cliche, but he is hilarious. He's, he gets a laugh, and we saw this at nearly uh, an almost sold out preview screening of this oh, film yeah. too. Fuck man, that bit we had we were in the front row, weren't we? Yeah, because as yeah. We, we could only get tickets in the front row. That was how and, packed. And for what's mostly a psychological horror, um, there are some moments which genuinely terrifying. We're we're doing spoilers, so yeah. Um, it, this movie it came out well. It came out and it's already out in DVD in the US. I know I've got a couple of US listeners, so you've oh, probably man, already I, seen I this. I can't wait. For it to come out in Australia. Yeah, I really want to watch this, this again. So I want to watch this movie again so badly. So yeah, and I think this this movie only came out in, back in start of May in Australia. So and it's going to come out in DVD. Mm. I think like late August, like early August. So you've been warned. Spoiler uh, alert. I Let's think go. It, I think it was the 9th of August. Yeah, I think it was the 9th of August for DVD Blu-ray. It might even if you're on iTunes or whatever, it will probably come out earlier because mm. they do that stuff. But, uh, but there's your warning. Yep. So um, the there there's a scene. Uh, probably not quite halfway through, uh, where the the hypnotism scene, where um the mother is hip- hypnotizing the main mm. character, and she's just sort of <sighs> every single part of this scene is fucking it brilliant. Is really good. Um, from she her hypnotism technique is to slowly swirl a spoon around in a. In, in, cup. A, in a teacup. And so the entire time through the scene, you're just hearing the sound of the metal spoon grating against the ceramic cup. Mm. And it's just constantly the, there the, in your head as everything else is just kind of silent. Yeah, the sound design in this movie is also excellent as oh, well. Oh, fuck. Especially that, that scene in particular just is the showcase for that. Like, all yeah, all the way through, the sound is just fucking on point. But in this specific scene, as... Uh, as, I think Chris as, um, is the name character. Yeah, character, that's it. Yeah. As Chris is sort of is, is being hypnotized, and you visually, it's him. Um, it's switching between him just sitting in a chair, practically in mm. tears, um, clearly stressed out and of his mind. Can't do anything about it though. Like, yeah. And he, he's going into the sunken place, which is which, basically where he's in his body, but he can do nothing. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Which, come to think of it, is a pretty. Uh, Accurate representation of what they say is going to happen when uh, he switches body with yeah. the white people. So basically, basically, the whole big twist is that there's white people um, mm. putting themselves in the bodies of yeah. black and and his girlfriend people. is in on it too. Yeah, his, his, like she's his, basically the his, rec- she's basically the talent scout almost. For yeah, these she dates black people for a few months, brings them home to the parents, and then they. Steal their body, and then they auction them off to rich white people, like a, like well, they, a, aging rich white people, and then they yeah. try to bid so, for their so bodies. So they can have then... a much fitter, younger body. But the the hypnotism scene with um with the with the with, with, with the mother. Yeah. So, sorry, I had something in my head. Um, was it to do with the hypnosis scene? It, it was to do with the hypnosis scene. Um, um, just with how that scene is shot as well. Oh yeah, as I said, every aspect of this scene is fucking on point. The acting, the sound design, the uh, is it cinematography? Yeah, cinematography. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's 
fucking the, the use of like close-ups on like just on also um chris's face and also just like the teacup slowly like, sorry the spoon slowly going around the teacup and the sound and just the clinking of like the spoon on the ceramic a, a sound that is... the audience will quickly become familiar with yes um oh that's what i was gonna say the fucking as we said at the start this is a movie has a lot of subtlety in it but uh one of the things in the hypnosis scene that i only just realized as we started speaking was um it it sets up a later scene in the movie as he's being hypnotized he's uh scratching at the arms of the chair out of out of stress and you know it's at the time it's just a clear indicator that holy fuck he's stressed but later on it becomes a plot point yeah he He manages to scratch through a different chair and get and the stuffing inside, which in he uses his, in to, his ears, which he to uses... block out the hypnosis, the yeah. sound of the teacup. Yeah, fuck it's man, so good. I love this movie so much, and that like that's not something I say often. As, as I said, I'm when it comes to movies, I'm usually just like, yeah, that was pretty good. But fuck this movie. Mm. This this oh. movie, it's kind of the little movie that could this this film because yeah, it, it's. This movie only had. Would you believe this movie only had a budget of four and a half million dollars? Mm. And and then um, Jason Blum, who Blumhouse Productions, they've uh, they've made like a whole bunch of low budget horror films. Like if you if you name like nearly any popular horror movie in like the last five years, Jason Blum has produced it. And so his production company picked it up and yeah, made for four and a half million dollars. I'm pretty sure I'll check the box office numbers in just a moment, but it's like I think it's made something like nearly not quite like ninety to- ninety times its budget back or Jesus something ridiculous Christ. like that. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's one of the highest grossing films of the well, domestically in the US this year. Jesus, it's crazy. I, I think everybody needs a very heavy reminder that this is Jordan Peele's first yeah, film. Yeah, Jordan Peele, a sketch comedian, made a really awesome horror movie. Which it granted, it does have some humor, and this movie does something very special in that the humor doesn't interfere with the horror at all. They fit. So seamlessly, which is something that shouldn't work. It We've proven before that in movies it only works in much smaller doses than what you see here. It fucking works. Usually it's uh, either during the first half of the film, I'd say. There's a lot of that humour. And a lot of it comes from the difference between uh, Chris and all these white people that he's meeting. Mm. But a lot of it also comes from the side character, the TSA agent. And sort of cutting later on in the film when it's cutting from this these scenes of Chris being hypnotized and all this horrible shit it just cuts to you know this guy just chilling at home with a dog yeah. just fucking eating popcorn. It, it's, it's a good little um kind of a break from the rest of like it's kind of yeah, yeah it's, it, a, good, it's it, a good little break from it, it i think it gives you a bit of a it like releases a little bit of tension i think yeah and then it brings then you right also, back yeah, into it it's and it's immediately horrifying again yeah because they find out that andre who's the, like the guy because the cold open of this film is one of the, a guy getting abducted by the, mm. the family which for some reason like it's on all the posters like he's dressed as a knight Right. Which is weird. Well, there, there there was a lot more of the uh, deer symbology that they cut out. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure there's a shot in the trailer where like a deer skeleton jumps out at Chris or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, and that was cut from the film. Yeah, this is why I want the DVD to see all these deleted scenes. Yeah, it's, it's clear that there were some ideas that were cut. Although, from what Jordan Peele has said, it, most of it was cut because... Uh, the, the movie w- no, the movie wouldn't have been as good as it was with this stuff in. 
Um, like the ending was originally going to be a lot more grim. It was going to end with Chris getting in ki- jail. Oh, um, for 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 killing a bunch of people mm. um, yeah. and burning all the evidence. Yeah. Um, so so you know the good guy wins at, at the last minute, but uh, the house with all the evidence mm. in it burns down and all the witnesses are dead. Um, and that, oh, that, that's, that's except pro- for Andre, I, I suppose. Yeah, I will say that is probably when I went, when we went and saw Get Out. That's probably one of the best cinema experiences I've ever had. It was like being in a like, not that I can tell, but just from what I've heard, because I've never actually been over there, it felt like the closest thing that I could probably get to like a New York or an LA film audience mm. with like people cheering. Like as soon there, there was a fucking standing ovation at the end there. Yeah, it was, <laughs> which I. Don't think I've ever seen and in a we, cinema before. I, and we stood up and started clapping yeah. too. Like, like that this, was... this is, I, I think you're right actually, because I've, I don't, I honestly don't think I've ever seen that in a cinema before. And it, even when we went to, there was still che- when we went and saw the Force Awakens, there was still cheering, but there wasn't a standing ovation on that. Yeah, I mean that was fucking Star Wars, man. That, yeah, that was. This is just movie fans. One of the most anticipated films of all time, and this is a low-budget horror film and people, by a first-time director. And people got up and just started clapping. Fucking hell. It was, mm. And I've just brought up the box office here. So, yeah, $4.5 million budget was right. In America alone, well, I think domestic is US and Canada. I'm not quite sure. But so it made almost $175.5 million in America. Jeez. And then... Then a further seventy-six million overseas, bringing it to a worldwide total of two hundred and fifty-one million and seventy seven hundred and eighty thousand. But honestly, out of probably out of any movie I've seen in years, the acting, the sound design, the cinematography, everything in this movie it is just works. fucking brilliant. Um, since I was talking about cinema sins, anyway, there are a few things that they point out in that in their cinema sins video of the film that are. Ob- a bit like, yeah, but they don't get in the way of the movie. Yeah. They're the kind of thing that you think about afterwards and go, yeah, that could have been done a little bit better. But when you are watching, you're not going to think about it. You aren't going to care. And, it, and even then, it's only uh, really story yeah, well, issues. Something I, had a bit not... of a pro- something I had a bit of a problem with, though, like uh, unnecessary jump scares, I think. This movie was creepy enough as it was, but there was just... But then I'm starting to think the, the jump scares weren't weren't needed. But I think they, I'm s- because they weren't needed, they were actually more terrifying. I'm starting to way. think they might have been done ironically. That's kind of what like I'm trying to. I'm thinking that they might have been done ironically. Like oh, well, they just had the, to. The point of them was that they weren't necessary. Yeah. The, the the whole point was oh it's a jump scare but not really nothing's actually yeah, just happening when, when she walks past the hallway and then it, it was just a use of the tension that had already been built mm. it wasn't oh we need to scare you it was there's already tension let's use it for something mm. and it I think it's kind of the reverse of breaking things up it's giving you that quick scare when there's not it it's, yeah the whole film is more creepy than. Creepy, terrifying than then you know monsters. Rah! Oh God, that's beheadings. Uh, yeah, it, that kind. And yeah. and the jump scares sort of break it up by giving you a quick scare, and it's sort of I guess so. Yeah, to keep the uh, not the pace um, to sort of break things up just a little bit. Yeah, by giving you ah oh, horror film convention. Maybe to, yeah, maybe to satisfy those conventions or something. Maybe I'm not quite it, sure. It, and so it's sort of, I I think at least that it's sort of satirizing them and using them in a better way than most films actually do at the same time. 
Because in a normal film, it's usually, oh, look, it's a monster jumping out, or a fucking bird or something. But in this film, it's just people just doing things yeah. and not not actually particularly horrifying things. Yes, it's creepy, but that's sort of the whole tone of the film. It, it's Which only it because perfectly. of the sound sound design and the way it's shot that it is a... Well, I mean, of course, that's how it always is, but that's why it's a jump scare. It If they... Like, they could have just changed the music a bit and not done a... You know, the sharp tone. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been a jump scare. It would have just been somebody walking in the background or mm. somebody running towards Chris. But they turned it into a jump scare oh, yeah. and it works. That, that just reminded me of something. That scene, it became like where the the guy, Walter, I think his name was, where yeah. he's running directly at Chris and then he just turns right at the last second. Mm. That became like this weird social media thing, like the Get Out Challenge. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't. So like it basically called out people to just basically do that and then... Like, just run directly in a straight line or straight at someone and then just divert right at the last second and right. then get them to film it. And I think it might have been done to promote the film because okay. that shot was all over the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool, oh, though. Oh, man. And Fuck, also, I love this film. Just before we talk, like, we haven't really capped on performances that much. But So the guy that plays Chris, Daniel Kaluuya, mm. he's brilliant. Oh, yeah. He re- and even more so when you find out that he's actually British. As yeah, well. yeah, fuck, because he's uh, American. His character's American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think part of that is that it contrasts so well with everyone else. Um, a- again, going with that theme of all the white people are fucking weird. Um, he's sort of the most normal character. He's acting mm. as you would expect someone to in this situation, except maybe at the end when he starts. Fighting back when yeah. you know most oh, people that, would probably be the in the corner satis- crying. The, that's the most satisfying ending. Though. Oh yeah, it's one of the most cathartic endings. It, it's dark as shit. Probably in any film I've ever seen. So, well, we've already said spoiler alert, but can we just well, so the end? It ends with Daniel Kaluuya, like Chris's character, because his girlfriend uh, Rose, I Rose, think her name is. Yeah, yeah, she's got the shotgun chasing him uh, as I he's think, trying to leave. Yeah, um, I, I think we need to just start from he's driving away with uh. The... Georgina, the grandmother, who's... Uh, the, the grandparents are already in the bodies of black people. Yep. Um, and he's driving away. He's picked her up um, because, you know, he wants to save the person inside. When she suddenly wakes up and... And starts attacking him while he's driving. And, of course, that results in a crash. And then Rose shows up with her grandfather. Um, fires at him, misses. Um, and he's sort of trying to get away. And as we've already established... Walter likes Walter likes running, so he chases after him, tackles him, and as you were about to say, yeah. we've also established that flash photography uh, breaks the trance, or at least temporarily. Yeah. Um, so he fires his camera at Walter while he's on top of him. Somehow Rose doesn't see it. Yeah. Um, who fucking knows, really? Well, do it, they know that... Well, they clearly do, since they are... But they didn't do anything at the... After the um the party where he does it to Andre, who's now um uh, I think Logan, Andre, who is now Logan, shows him, and then Andre tells him to get out, and like you know like grabs him and starts shaking, saying get out, get out. They don't really like they're all confused of what's going on, so I don't think that they know that the flash photography does like break the trance. Maybe I kind of assumed that after that they would have figured it out. At, at the very least, after that they would have realized. Though they did seem to... Yeah, you, you are right. They didn't seem to know what it did, but I... I don't know. I got the impression yeah. that they did elsewhere. 
Yeah, but it, it, yeah, as you said, it, it's only temporary because, like, in the they, next I, scene, I he's think, sitting down. And is like, I'm sorry for my behavior. I, I think they knew afterwards, though. Um, re- regardless, mm. um, so Walter so Wal- Walter gets up, goes, all right, I'll shoot him. Takes the gun, shoots her in the fucking gut. Yep. Um, and then does he shoot he shoots himself? Him, he shoots himself after yeah. that. Yeah. Shoots himself in the head because. Uh, yep. Probably don't want to be a passenger to a strange mm-hmm. white person. Then Rose reaches for the gun and then Chris knocks it away. Chris knocks it away. And then chokes... St- s- sits on her chest and chokes her to death. And she's fucking smiling as he... It's like not, a joker at first. thing. At first she's just sort of pleading, going, you know, oh, what the... F- yeah, fuck, what are you Why doing? did you do this? And then he... It's like, oh, isn't she like, we can still make this work or something like that? Yep, and he just, you know, spits it back in her face, and she just fucking smiles as she dies, like it's a fucking like, lunatic. It's like the Joker. So on it's... the topic of good fucking performances, holy fuck her performance is good. Yeah, this is her first film, too. Like oh, she, really? she She was on, I think she was on the TV show Girls, and she's done a lot of TV, but this is her first film. Okay. The, um, the, the first, most of the film, she's, like, Chris acting normal. Um, mm. You know, as you'd expect someone to act in these situations, um, you, you know that sort of way that you wouldn't go, "Oh, that's some bad act- acting," you know, or some bad writing. You know, it all seems very natural. Um, and then towards the end, she just becomes a fucking psychopath, and it is brilliant. Oh wait, no, hold on. Before that ending, doesn't she see the cop car coming towards them? Because she can still see the cop car, and she thinks, "Oh, good, yeah. I'm saved." Yeah, and but then it's, uh, and then his the character... motherfucking TSA. TSA. And when that moment happened, people got up and cheered when that happened. Yeah, oh, that we, was we awesome. Had people fucking clapping and laughing every fucking time that uh, the TSA agent appeared on screen. Like it, it was quite clear that everybody in the audience loved this it... character in a horror film, a character who was. Entirely comedic relief. Come to think of it, part of the reason he worked was probably because he most of his stuff was separated from the rest of the yeah. film. Rod. Rod um, was his name. Okay. So his Rod's only character. real connection to what was going on with Chris was a phone um, until the very ending. And I think that's part of the reason it worked so well. Because the co- comedic relief wasn't in the action, you know, saying stupid shit while he's getting fucking chased by crazy white people. Um... Yeah. God, this. Oh, I need to watch this movie again. Fuck, man. I, I do too. Yeah. This. As I said at the start, this is one of my favorite fucking films, possibly ever, honestly. Wow. Um, that, that's saying something. Wow. It, it's, it'll definitely be up. Well, stay tuned for uh, towards the end of this year when I do my top. I'll probably make it a top 10. This will definitely be in my top top movies of this fuck year. Fuck, man. I'll kill you this if is, not. It, oh, most certainly this will be. Um, I, I can't, just off the top of my head, and I've seen a lot of movies this year, You'll, I'll, I'll talk a lot about the other ones I've seen over this next couple of episodes, but yeah, this is definitely up there. It's definitely at least top three so far mm, of ones that I've seen this year. I, I, oh man, I... So see it, is what we're saying. Yeah, I fucking love this movie. Um, just again, it, it, even, there's, there's so many layers to it, everything is done almost fucking perfectly um, that the acting, sound design, cinematography, everything we've touched on already. Mm. Um, we've only really talked about a couple of scenes, but mm. they're probably some of the... Oh, you could break down this movie. Like, you could do, like, a two-hour analysis, like, scene by scene of this movie. Two hours? Fuck you. I could spend, like, five hours on this movie. Fucking entire day. This movie right. is... 
live stream that shit. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it, you can just take it at face value, and it's a brilliant film. It's fun to watch. It's genuinely Creepy. terrifying. <laughs> um, but then as soon as you start looking underneath the surface, it's even fucking better. Mm. Um, I'm sure I could watch this movie a thousand times and still not quite get all the pieces. It's in the Shaun of the Dead hot fuzz levels of, you know, using everything that's done. Yeah. Every, almost every line, if it's not building tension or plan, or building up the themes of the film, it serves the plot. Mm. And it'll come back later. It's just... I, I don't understand how people... Do these things really because it's just so fucking clever. Oh no, it's genius this movie. Oh. Alright. So now, nineties films. We are both yes. we are both products of the nineties. Yeah. The very late nineties, but Obviously the nineties are the best. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but everyone who's lived for the nineties said we just couldn't wait for the nineties to be over. Mm. But that was just nineties culture. But nineties films, on the other hand, they were great. Mm. So First one you've got on this list. I have not seen it, so you're going to be mainly talking about this. Yeah. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. So um, I actually only just recently read the book. Um, and... I'm, I'm reading through Red Dragon at the moment. but uh... Is Red Dragon the one that comes after, or is it before? It's before. I was going to say, because I think um, the Red Dragon movie was a prequel. Yeah, because Red Dragon's got uh, Will Graham, who I guess is Hannibal's arch nemesis, really. Um, but anyway... Main difference that I noticed between the book and the film uh, is that the book is a lot darker. Really, even so, well, just from what I've seen of the movie, it, it seems it, it's known up. as a very creepy and you know not family friendly film. My mum actually mm. bought it for us as a Halloween film. Jeez, because um, she didn't want to watch it. Yep. She wow. uh, she was trying to convince me not to watch it. Um, why did she I, buy it, though? If... Because it was Halloween. Um, I didn't end up having any problem with it. I'm quite a fan of Hannibal Lecter. It's not really... like it's been. It's, a lot of people say that it's the only horror film to win Best Picture. Is it really what? a horror film? Eh, not really. Uh, it, there's some gory it's, imagery. It's a crime thriller, That's though, about isn't it? it? It's a crime... It's it, a Creepy crime thriller. It, 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 but just kind of saying that, it's like calling Seven a horror movie. Mm. I guess. But... Yeah. I don't know if anyone calls Seven a horror film. I don't think so. No. But, um... Obviously, the standout of the film is the performance of Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes, Oscar-winning Oscar winning role. Yeah. <laughs> Just amazing. He is amazing. Yeah, really is. And he's the only reason why I would even consider going to see the new Transformers film. Yeah, that that's fair enough. Yeah, stay I... tuned for that too, God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, jeez, maybe you should do a Transformers special. <laughs> no way. Look, I'm only going to see that movie because I've got a couple of free tickets at, a lo at the local cinema back in Melbourne. That's like literally right next to my house or my apartment. And I'm waiting till I get back, which is in a couple of weeks. And I'm using a free ticket on that because that movie does not deserve my money. Fair enough. But or yeah, my it's... time, really. But <laughs> I, I, ta I, take the hits, I take the hits for my very few and loyal listeners. Mm-hmm. Which uh, doesn't include me. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Uh, I just don't listen to podcasts. Right, much Silence of the Lambs. Keep going. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess I don't 
have quite as much to say on the film as I thought I did. Right. Um, it has been a while since I've seen it. It's... I think the way... Like, because just from what I've seen as well, and I got shown a little bit for class as well, it was like, especially for a bit of editing, they show the scene where, like, it's the police um, storming, like, after they said, like, oh, we think this is where Buffalo Bill is hiding. Mm. And, like, Clarice is like, no, he's hiding here. And they go to both the separate ones. And the way this scene is edited makes it look like that they're going to... Like the FBI were right, but then yeah. it, and then and then um, Buffalo Bill answers the door, and then it's Clarice's there questioning him, and then then it cuts back to the police in this empty house. Is like, oh fuck, Clarice was right, and now she's in danger. Holy shit! Yeah. The way that bit is edited and well, like shot I'd, is fantastic. I'd say that the entire film is shot and edited quite well. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, just a quick um, RIP to Jonathan Demi, who the director of this film, who recently passed away as well. He was. Oh, Fantastic, okay. yeah. I uh, wasn't aware well, of that. Also directed Philadelphia and a whole bunch of other films. He was a great director. Mm. R.I.P. to him. Yeah, but so you were saying it's or the whole movie seems it, like it's, it's just... It's shot quite well, yeah. Um, aside from Anthony Hopkins, the acting's pretty... No, no, I wouldn't say it's anything spectacular, well, really. Well, Jodie Foster also won an Oscar for playing Clarice. Yeah, like, like it's all very, very good. I just personally don't think it was... That the rest of the acting was like spec- like there were no standout performances except maybe what, what, Buffalo Bill. Now I got to quick Google this, but tell me more. Tell us more about Buffalo Bill because I haven't really seen it. So he's a serial killer. Um, that... he, he is. It, it's gone into in a bit more depth in the books, of course, because you have more time to spend on what in the movie is very much not the focus in. In the book, there's probably almost equal time spent on him and the relationship between Hannibal and Clarice, which is pretty clearly the focus of the film. Um, but Buffalo Bill is uh, just in in the again in the book, he's described as a person who wants to be different, but isn't. So that uh, the and the main re- way they get into that is uh, for a while he was in a homosexual relationship, his lover um, found it quite clear that he wasn't actually gay. Um, he just wanted to be gay. Um, and so the whole the whole thing is basically he thinks he's a, um, a transsexual, but to, to uh, when it's, when he gets his, his uh, psych eval, um, or psychological profile, it's basically, yeah, he doesn't actually want to be. He just thinks he wants to be. Um, so the whole thing is him murdering women to steal their skin and give himself a, uh, well, an unconventional... Oh, God. Um, That's horrifying. Sex change. God. Yeah, and he's been All giving right. himself the hormone injections Oh, he's taking well. estrogen and things yeah. like that. Oh, to, um, oh yeah, Ted, Ted Levine is the man that, uh, that played Buffalo Bill as well. I'm not really familiar with much of his work, but... So it's it's a very good film. Yeah. I'm definitely a fan. Just, but it's... just just on Buffalo Bill, does the film? I don't know. Maybe you can compare as well. Does the book or and the film both? Are they do they just show a Buffalo Bill as just like no, nah, he's a monster, or do they show like is it kind of like a tragic story and like it makes you sympathise? Oh, with there's him? no empathy for. There's him. There's no empathy no, for him at not all. Not at all. No, he's just um, a psychopathic killer. He's he's not a psychopathic. I, I wouldn't quite say a psychopath. Um, it's more that he's sort of just not all there, really. In, in the movie, you could almost say that, yeah, he's just a psychopath, because mm-hmm. it's 
again, it spends less time on him and his motivations and more time on Clarice and Hannibal. Um, hmm. and, and so you don't get to know him as well, but it's more... That it, it, it's not necessarily an intentional thing. I think that's more just because of a mission. But he's still got this sort of strangeness to him that lets you know that he's not... You know, you know, he's clearly not thinking right. But in the books, it the, there's no empathy, but he is kind of pathetic, I guess. You, you're not feeling sorry for him, but you don't think of him as a malevolent person too often, except uh, when he's got somebody in the well, mm. and he's um, he he treats them as less than human when they're in the well because it makes it uh, easier for him, I guess. Mm. And he seems to be obsessed with lotion, isn't he? Um, he he just wants the skin that he's taking to be in perfect condition. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, that just reminded me of a robot chicken sketch where he goes, where it's Buffalo Bill going lotion shopping. It's pretty oh, funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's. Yeah, so would you def you definitely recommend it? Though. Oh, of course. Like everyone's probably seen it at this point, apart from me. <laughs> but yeah, but it's. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a film to watch. Okay, well, then, quick question. Have you, are the other Hannibal movies worth watching? Is Hannibal I haven't and, seen any so of them. So you haven't seen Hannibal or no. Red Dragon? Um, I've I'd, heard they're both pretty crap, so... I don't know. I'd recommend the books, though. All right. Uh, I'm not very far from and, Red Dragon, but it's All right, and good. the Hannibal TV series, have you watched any of that? Is that any um, good? Oh, yeah. Yes, I watched the first two seasons, and fuck, that show is good. Is it? Yeah, Mads, like, Mik- Mads Mikkelsen is awesome. It, it takes... what. It, it it definitely takes uh, the basis of the show and runs with it. Like, there's some really... Um, H- Hannibal ha- has some very creative murders, um, and so does Red Dragon, really. But um, the TV show definitely takes that and goes the whole nine yards with it. You know, it just fucking takes it, runs off with it, keeps going. <laughs> um, there's some... Pr- pretty much every murder in that in that show is an art piece, really. Um, well, could you maybe describe one of the things, like, very briefly? Like, uh, what there's, happens one, in... there's one murder, I can't remember who it is that dies exactly, but it's uh, somebody somebody that Will was close to, uh, Will Graham. I can't quite remember it... who, but um, All right. no, mind. they get cut up into slices and put in the uh, plastic slides... Like you'd put a oh, specimen, God. and so it's there's this really um, cool shot where you're just looking at it from the side, so it's just you know a part of a face, and then it turns and you slowly see all the slides with the different slices. Oh my <laughs> um, God! Which is it is fucking brutal. It's and gruesome. They, li- they linger on it for quite a while. Well, you would too if you were filming that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, it was CGI, so it'd cut mm. dip into the budget a fair bit. Um, I haven't seen season three, uh, which I hear wasn't quite as good as the rest well, of it. I think it got cancelled after it, season three. It did three. get cancelled after well, season three, go. unfortunately. But the show is really good. Alright. Um, so, and you need to get around that. <laughs> it's more season two than season one, though season one definitely has it as well. It's a mindfuck. Um, there's a lot of stuff of, is Will gr- going crazy or is he yep. not? Now, Will Graham's from Red Dragon, yeah? He's from Red Dragon. I think, is that uh, is that who Edward Norton plays in Red Dragon? I haven't seen the film, so oh, I okay, have no yeah. clue. I think it would, I think it is. But, um, in, by Red Dragon, he already has a history with Hannibal, because at the start of Red Dragon, 
um, Hannibal's in prison, and Will Graham put him there. Jeez. Um, because because his whole thing is he empathize yeah empathizes with um, well, not empathizes sorry sympathize no, I don't know fucking he gets in the heads of killers and learns how just by sort of. He doesn't even need to be near them, but he can figure out how exactly how they think, oh, and he right. sort of starts to almost become them in a way. You know, he thinks like they think and feels like they feel. And so, by at the start of uh, Red Dragon, he's a highly respected FBI consultant, but he's only done, I think it's two cases, um, and he's already retired <laughs> to go um, li- live by the beach with his girlfriend as a car mechanic. After two cases. After two cases he where he must found have seen some shit. where he found otherwise uncatchable killers, um, one of whom was Hannibal Lecter, um, and he, but, you know, everybody's going, "How did you do it? How did he do it?" And he's going, "Eh, I just saw the clues," um, and they're like, "There were no fucking clues, you liar." <laughs> um, but you know, that's how he explains it: is that he uses just uses clues to get into their head, um, and that sort of connects to the dots of how they act, um, and so I. But by Red Dragon, he's already got this history with Hannibal Lecter when he starts consulting with him to try and catch another killer. So it's sort of the the basic plot beats are sort of the same as uh as, as Silence, Silence of the Lambs, except that instead of being an FBI trainee, he's a retired FBI consultant. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds interesting though. Yeah. But well, you haven't seen the movie, so we wouldn't know. You wouldn't. Say, but for Silence of the Lambs, what would you recommend more to read the book or to? To watch the movie, um, I think that depends. Honestly, the books definitely a bit, uh, bit more a, gruesome. A bit more gruesome. There's a lot of talk about fucking and semen. Oh, lovely. Um, so you know, it, you, 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 if if you're not uh, if you don't want to go the whole way, I'd recommend the movie. But if you um, if you're fine with that sort of stuff, read yeah. the book. All right, next one. Point Break. Yes. The, uh, in my opinion, the ultimate 90s film. <laughs> I mean, look who you got. You got Keanu Reeves in his prime. Yeah. Patrick Swayze. Gone but not forgotten. Patrick Swayze. Th- these two, uh, they had amazing chemistry in this movie. Oh, fuck yeah. The bromance is real. The bromance is so real in this movie. Um, and, and Unfortunately, another movie that I haven't seen in quite a few oh, years. Yeah, I but... only, only saw it for the first time, I think, in year... At the end of year 10, I think I watched I this. I probably would have seen it not too long before that, honestly. Yeah, and then I rewatched it a few, about a year ago, I think. But yeah. honestly, this movie is just, it is the perfect 90s action film. Uh, I would just like a second to, uh, literally just a few seconds to uh, quickly condemn the remake, though. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we don't talk about that, but let's but go let, on. Uh, let us pray that it may fade into obscurity in how fucking awful it is. The, the yeah. real point break. Yep. First off, for that remake, why was Chris Hemsworth not Bodie? He just I seems like the obvious know. casting choice. Uh, Maybe because he's like, no. Yeah, probably. But let, let's not dwell on the uh, inferior in every single conceivable way, Phil. It's just an X Games movie, isn't it? Pretty much. It, it looks like half the movie was shot on GoPros. <laughs> But anyway, the real point break. Yes. Johnny Utah. Fucking brilliant. So Retired footballer. And 
F FBI agent Johnny Utah. He's so he moved from like Colorado or somewhere. No, or, or was that all this? Know. Because when he's talking to Laurie Petty, was most of that true, or was that like kind of just the sub story he made for like saying like I haven't surfed, like I'm from like the Midwest, never seen the ocean before. I really want to surf. I wouldn't have the slightest clue. Because. Yeah, and but somehow, like somehow, the biggest plot point, like somehow, Bodie knows who Johnny Utah is because apparently he's like, I think he was a footballer in like Colorado or somewhere. Mm. So and, and like in college, yeah. So Co- college, college footballer, football. about to make the NFL and does breaks his leg, I think. Yeah, and then something like that. Yeah, but, but then a, but apparently everybody would, knows about how the college fuck football. Would, yeah, how the fuck would Bodie know about that? I don't know. Maybe maybe he was born in Colorado. Who the Fuck knows. Um, Maybe they hint at it somewhere in the film. I definitely haven't heard an explanation Mm. for it. Anyway. And also in this movie, like something that a lot of people just kind of gloss over. Gary fucking Busey in this movie. Mm. He's awesome. In this movie. I mean, not not so much now because he's, you know, he Trump's a porter, but just let's not, let's not dwell on that. (laughs) And just general craziness that he, that is Gary Busey. But anyway, but yeah. on, on to what really matters in the film. The fucking action. The action. I mean, the 90s was big for kind of extreme... Extreme sports were very huge in the 90s. Extreme sports and extreme shooting people in the face. Yeah, and <laughs> and as, Ho- and as um, uh, Hot Fuzz points out, pointing your gun up in the air and shoot, saying, Ah! Yeah. Well, uh, probably one of the most iconic scenes in the film. Yeah. Um, other than the skydiving. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, we we should probably say now uh, spoilers for a bunch of films that are at least yeah that are at least that are at least seventeen some, years old yeah some nearly well tw- at least twenty years old well well no because it's twenty seventeen so yeah some well of them are 17 uh, well Point Break was made in nineteen ninety one so it's over twenty five years old oh yeah <laughs> yeah feel old yet people <laughs> I, I I meant including the uh, rest of the oh films. okay yeah but yeah nearly twenty years let's just say that yeah Jeez, crazy man. to believe wow. <laughs> But this film, especially since I watched Fast and the Furious, oh, it's first, so uh, oh, it, it it's Point a, Break is so much better. But Fast and the Furious being is a, Point Break with cars. It's Point Break with cars. Granted that the later films build on a built because there's more films. Are built on to, nonsense. <laughs> yes, but they're able to build up a much stronger bromance. Um, what in the, the bromance film? The bromance. The actors. The actors in Fast and Furious have no chemistry whatsoever. They don't. Go go die. The bromance. The bromance mm. is strong with this one. Well, maybe Offset. You that that would not be noticeable on screen because anyway, sc- on screen it looks like they all fucking hate each anyway, other. Anyway, fucking Point Break. Bromance and the action. Mm. What was your favorite action scene? My favorite action scene. Oh shit! I'm just trying to think. It would definitely be the part where the ex-presidents go to rob another bank. What? No, it's while Keanu's on the Keanu and um, Gary Bu- Gary Busey are on the stakeout, and the ex-presidents rob the bank, and then Keanu chases after Bodie, and then he realizes that it's him, and he's about to shoot him. Yeah. And like they're in like the same what looks to be like the same thing where fucking um what, the Terminator was chasing uh, John Connor <laughs> in Terminator Two. Yeah. And, yeah, he, he lets him get away, and as I said earlier, and it, what it said in um, Hot Fuzz, he points his gun up in the air and starts shooting it and just goes, Ah! Have you ever, have you ever tried 
Have you ever had to shoot someone, but you just couldn't because you loved them too much? Yeah. Um, pro- probably a scene that will see a few more parodies in the years to come. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but so, it's... Goddamn. It's <laughs> awesome. And even, like, it's, there's just things that shouldn't be cool, but they just are. Mm. Like, the, even I even like, I mean, the, I mean, really I even like the beach football game. The beach football game's a fun scene, too. Yeah. That, Re- really, that kind of sums up this whole fi- this film as a whole for me it shouldn't be good but it is yeah but it, it like after watching it I, mm. it I after watching it i wouldn't have immediately said that mm. like you know but just if you were to just explain it to me verbally i wouldn't think any of it was that exciting yeah it's and- the movie is just Really good. Yeah. Just before we move on as well, like, when One Woman came out, people were like, finally, a decent action movie directed by a woman. And I'm like, it's literally the meme of Will Smith pointing to something, like, doing this. <laughs> this, this was... Catherine Bigelow made this. Yeah. She... She's amazing. Like, her movies are just fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, this, uh, maybe not Zero Dark Thirty, but The Hurt Locker. And also, same... I think I mentioned this on the last episode with you, but the same year this came out, her... Then husband James Cameron also had Terminator Two: Judgment Day came out the same year. Mm. So two of the best action movies came out the same year from a husband and a wife. Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> now would actually be a good time to mention that we would be talking about Terminator Two now yeah, if we hadn't talked about pretty we... much all of it in the last episode that we mm. that we did. Yeah, but I I think well Terminator Two I think it's probably the greatest sequel ever made. Oh, yeah. Either that or The Dark Knight, I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it's definitely up there. Um, mm. You know, when a lot of people still go, oh, sequels are never good. Just just make them watch Terminator 2. Mm. Or even Empire. <laughs> mm. Definitely. All right, so point break. I mean, do not watch... Because I remember say, say, someone saying I saw... A, like, when the new one was coming out, I was like, I saw a trailer for this really shitty action movie, Point Break. I'm like... Oh no! Yeah, if... it's like what? That's a and then I told them that's a remake. They like what? What? Yeah. Like and they're like here, take this. I was, watch it. I was so confused when I saw that trailer, man. I'm like, of all the things to remake, Point Break, really? Mm. Considering it's only you know, it was only as we 20, said, only... 2015 it came out, so it's only what 24 years. Yeah. Between that, oh yeah, and also they're remaking Memento as well. So. What? Christopher Nolan's Memento? Yeah, why? Seen... I don't know. Okay. There, that movie is nearly as close to a perfect as a movie can get. Why would you want to change that? Why, why would, would you want to change Point Break? I know. I don't understand. All right, let, let's move on before we hit something. Yeah. Um, one, one of possibly... Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Kyle just hit me, by the way. Yeah, it really hurt. I'm going oh. off to get a Band-Aid right now. Thanks for that. All right, but the next movie... Possibly, it's one of nearly every 90s kid's favourite movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's the only good one in this franchise, but Jurassic Park, it just has to be mentioned because, God, I don't understand how this movie that was made, what's say, 93, so it was made 24 years ago, and, fuck, it still looks amazing. It does. It has aged tremendously. Well, tremendously well. What? If you just say Treme- trem- tremendous, aged tremendously, then it means that it wasn't oh, okay. It's aged very well, <laughs> yeah, like a fine, yeah, wine. I don't know. I was gonna <laughs> say cheese, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah. D- does cheese age well? I don't know. Right. Some does. 
This is we're we're cutting all of this out, okay? Oh, oh okay. Jurassic Park. Dun, dun, no, no, we're not doing that either, okay? I don't oh, want to get sued. Okay. So Jurassic Park. Da 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 Jurassic Park, it's phenomenal how much this movie holds up. But then it's also kind of amazing, like with all the great visual effects, there is a lot of tech in this movie that does not hold up at all. Like, they're like, oh my god, a CD-ROM! Yeah, the night vision goggles. <laughs> oh, yeah. I genuinely forgot those were a thing. Um, I remember playing the... Uh, and I don't understand the, how... The Lego game of this and the night vision Wait, goggles le- are a thing in that. Le- they had a Lego Jurassic Lego Park? Lego Jurassic Park, and it's all four movies... Oh wow! In one game, really? Who wants to play something from Jurassic Park? You get to 3? play as dinosaurs in Jurassic Park Three. In all of them, you get to play okay, as that, dinosaurs. Okay, that, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I, I honestly think I, I've seen all the Jurassic Park movies, and the first one is the only one worth watching. Yeah, because the rest so, is shit. Something that I didn't know for ages is that this is actually an adaptation of a novel. Yeah, Michael a Michael Crichton novel. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I didn't know that. For the so same, long, the but... same, the same guy that um, did Westworld. The guy that wrote the book was the guy that made Westworld as well. Okay, that's pretty cool. And Westworld, if you haven't watched that series, definitely get around at that movie. That, that yeah, movie. I, I still need that to watch TV that TV series is great. Well, there is a movie. Oh yeah, the from TV the seventies, which, Mi- which Michael Crichton directed. Yeah, actually, there's two movies. Oh yeah, and then there's Future World. Yeah. There's Westworld and, like, Future World. Apparently, Future World was Dude, dude has something with theme parks. Yeah. <laughs> Though one of the theme parks is dinosaurs and the other is sex bots. Mm. But I just... Cowboy sex bots. But, honestly, the, like, something that's kind of cheesy, like, the the opening scene to Jurassic Park where it's, like, the, the raptor, or I think, it's, it's not a raptor, it's, like, something's trying to get out of the cage. No, yeah, it's rap- raptors. Yeah, and it's got his arm or something. Yeah. And oh. he's like, shoot oh, her! Yeah. Shoot her! Shoot her! Shoot her! <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, it's good in the, oh dear God, why did they think this was a good idea? Yeah. Kind of way. It's, yeah, and, but some, a lot of people like, um, I, I do like the movie, and this is Jeff Goldblum at his best, too. Oh yeah, fucking. He's umming, uh, and, he's umming uh, and ahhing everywhere in this movie. Uh, mm. Uh, yes. Ca- mm. Chaos theory. <laughs> Must uh, go faster. Mm, Must go yes. faster. <laughs> Chaos theory. Um, hmm. Dinosaurs. Hmm. Ah. Yes. Life finds a way. That's a Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. I went to the start of last year. Melbourne had a... Uh, in, in Melbourne, there was a Jurassic oh, yeah, World yeah, exhibit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I went to that too. Um, yeah. They had that some, was pretty cool. They had some really awesome animatronic dinosaurs there. Oh, yeah. Man, that that was some cool shit. Yeah, that um, was really awesome. It would have been better if, like... I oh, know Jeff Goldblum may not have been filming Thor at that point. Mm. Maybe... Do you think because if they... Because Thor, the new Thor film was filmed up in uh, Brisbane and up in the Gold Coast up there... Surely, while that was going on, if they had known his schedule, like, hey, do you want to just come down to this and... Well, apparently Jeff Goldblum's going to be in Jurassic World 2. That, that I'm excited for. Yeah. Not Jurassic World 2, just that Jeff Goldblum's in it. Yeah, my, my mum's very excited for it. She's a big Jeff Goldblum fan. Well, why, uh, um, well, wouldn't you, BBB? <laughs> the Jurassic Park has a lot of great moments. Mm. The kitchen scene, especially, with the kids and the raptors. Yeah. And... The entire bit when they're in the rain and there's like the in the T Rex. 
Literally anything with the T-Rex in that movie is Motherfucking awesome. T-Rex! <laughs> Thank you, Nostalgia Critic, for that. That's <laughs> the only yeah. meme that really matters. Yep, it's the only it's it, it's it's not the meme that we deserve, but it's the one that we need. Well, it is the one that we deserve. It's the one that we deserve and the one we need right now. It's because you always need a motherfucking T Rex. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, the Raptors are pretty cool too, though. Yeah, I I think people focus. Actually, no. You know what doesn't get enough attention in this film, even though it's one of the most iconic shots of the film, the fucking what are they? The Brontosaurus at the start. Yeah. In the first scene of the dinosaurs. People talk about it, this scene as a whole, but those fucking dinosaurs, man. What about, is that, when, is that when the music swells and it's like Richard Attenborough's like, Welcome to Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and he's like, and you that's, just see that, the that's dinosaurs. a dinosaur. And it's just this paleontologist like, It's like, what? Wait, they have dinosaurs at the dinosaur theme park? What? Yeah, I just love something that I really loved about um, Jurassic World though. Like, I kind of really did not like Jurassic World at all. I thought it was really kind of terrible. I thought it was eh. But something that I loved the idea of is that people are like, oh yeah, people are sick of dinosaurs now. Yeah. It's like twenty years after the park, I was like, yeah, people are sick of dinosaurs. I I don't understand that. Yeah. I I also don't understand why you'd splice a bunch of creatures together and not then not mm. tell anybody what it is. And how? It's like, the- oh, somebody might steal our. And our unique dinosaur. What other people? Yeah. Is 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 there like? Is Acme Corporation gonna make a dinosaur? Are, are there like shitty Chinese knockoffs of Jurassic Park that you have uh. to worry about? Are you worrying about chi- Are you worrying about Jurassic Universe? I don't understand. Jurassic Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put a oh Jurassic, my God. Park, on Jurassic the moon. park on the moon. I have. Oh man, that that's Jurassic World three. People got bored of living on the moon, so we put Jurassic Park on the moon. On the moon. <laughs> oh, well. fucking do it. That, that's a shitty sci-fi sci-fi channel movie though. Oh <laughs> yeah, man, I'd watch the shit out of that. And and they fight, a sh- and then a Sharknado goes out in space. Put that and... on the Mystery Science Theater three thousand reboot. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that would be great. That'd and be fucking mint. I mean, there are just like a lot of really massive logic gaps in this movie, though, too. Like, yeah. like they're trying to. There's a gun right at um, Laura Dern's character, like Doctor Sadler's feet, uh-huh. and then she can't reach it. And there's like someone. If can someone grab the gun? And Lex, I think, is trying to hack in because apparently these doors have to be open. They don't have a handle. <laughs> they have to be locked via computer because it's so high tech. Oh, yeah. Or some shit. And oh, then yeah, you just those... have this kid behind, sitting behind it, like, come on, come on, come on. It's like, grab the fucking gun! Yeah. Those uh, those high-tech computers right there, back in the 90s, man, we had real high-tech computers. Yeah. We ones could that definitely if you... do that shit. Yeah. And ones that if you don't get the password right, it just, Wayne Knight just laughs at you going, uh-uh-uh, you've got to say the magic word. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, get that that's how hacking works, man. Yeah. Children definitely knew how to hack in the oh, yeah. 90s. He, he has a great death um, oh, in that movie, yeah. Wayne Knight. It, it's kind of like, it ruins the movie magic where you can quite see the strings being pulled on that on like the frill neck of that dinosaur. Mm. If you look closely, you can see the strings being pulled. Yeah, but that's the same for any movie back then, really. Yeah. It's like if you think about the uh, CGI in Terminator 2 too hard. It still looks good, though. It looks and good. And in, in this movie as well. Like, it looks... it It's fantastic. Like, yeah. a lot of the shots in the original Jurassic Park look better than the ones in Jurassic World. 
Yeah, that's because Jurassic know. World's all CGI. Yeah, and I oh, know there is one, there is one um, uh, animatronic dinosaur in Jurassic World, but it's just like a head. Mm. Yeah, that was the same with uh, the Lost World as well. But the Lost, Actually, the Lost World is terrible. So sorry, real, real quick, uh, just talking about um, CGI and animatronics. Uh, I was as I left the theater when I went to see Guardians Two. Um, uh, in in the bathroom, there was somebody complaining about uh, that. There, there were two guys talking about the new Alien trailer, um, and one of them was saying, "Oh, films aren't. I, I'm just worried that it's gonna look shit because they use CGI now instead of clay." Oh, dear what? person in the bathroom who thinks that <laughs> the fucking aliens and whatever were made else of was made out of clay, fuck you. It's quite... Oh, my... Have you seen the first Alien? I mean, yes! I mean, yeah, I know! That, that was not made out of clay. That was like a little puppet. What? Was Alien in the 90s? No, it was 70s. Alien oh, 3 Jesus. was the 90s. But That's anyway... Right. Fuck, man. The Alien films are old. Yeah, we talked about Aliens on the 80s episode. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just didn't realise that Alien... That's right, it was 79, wasn't it? Yeah, 78, I think, maybe. It was oh, 78 or 79, but yeah, it's old. Fuck. 90s, anyway. Let's... So yeah, Jurassic Park. A lot of fun. Really fun movie. And to, be, to think that Steven Spielberg made Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the mm. same year, that's a massive achievement. Two of possibly what a lot of people consider some of the greatest films of all time, made by the same dude in the same year. That's big. To be honest, though, it's not something I entirely want to rewatch. No, it's one. Of, it's one of those. Movies, it's like Twelve Years a Slave. It's one of those movies that you that you thought was really well made that you never ever want to watch ever again. Yeah, it, it's definitely something I'd recommend seeing if you haven't already. But if you haven't seen it already, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, I, that's me. But I, <laughs> I really wouldn't care to see it again. Okay, so moving <laughs> it, on. It's a. It loses the magic after the first time a bit. What of Jurassic Park? Of yeah. I was going to say, if you thought Schindler's List was magic... Oh, that's, yeah, no, uh... Schindler's List was a bit more on the depressing side. Yeah. Okay. Oof. So, next. You can't really, you can't mention 90s films without talking about this bloke. I mean, and well, we're going to be talking about him twice, but Pulp Fiction. Fuck yeah. It's just... I mean, it's one of the films that kind of brought, like, disjoint... Like, well, Reservoir Dogs put him on the map. Mm-hmm. But this Pulp Fiction cemented him as like one of the landmark filmmakers oh, in America. Yeah. I, I rewatched this like just last week. It was fuck man, this film is good. Everyone is great in this. Like it was John Travolta's comeback. He, like John Travolta was stuck doing shit movies and like well living with Scientology and shit like that. But and then he came back with this and holy shit, he's awesome in this. Yeah. One actually, this film is. Like, obviously, it's fucking fantastic. It's one of my grandfather's favourite films. Wow. My nearly 70-year-old grandfather, one of his favourite lines in cinematic history is... Does he look like a bitch? <laughs> no, it's, I'm about to get medieval on your ass. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> just after the uh, rape scene. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> yeah. But, Fuck me. Yeah, everyone, as we said, so we just touched on John Travolta, Oscar nominated for this, and so was Samuel L. Jackson as well for um, yeah for Jewel. I can't remember his last it's name, but Jules. Jules. Yeah, Jules. It's just Jules. That that entire sequence where he's 
well, where he's got the big kahuna burger and he's quoting Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, that, that's the scripture. If that's if you're in RE class and you were just born in RE, always find Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. That's how I got through Catholic school. Well, okay, just, I, I got through it by reading through Revelations. It's just about how Jesus fucking murders everyone. Basically. Oh, lovely! I need to get around that. Um, no, no, not exactly. It's Jesus has a hand in the apocalypse. It's really weird. Why don't we? Why aren't we talking about that? Part? I don't know. I don't know, man. We don't need to know about the future. We just need mm. to know about the past. Yeah, when That's he did all this important. good stuff. Yeah, when he. Not when he basically when he loses trashed... faith in mankind and sends a legion of... No, wait, no. That's and when he different. gives up on life. Yeah. That's the important stuff. Anyway. Yeah, so Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so he's amazing in it. Uma Thurman is awesome in it as well. As, um... As Mia Wallace. Mia Wallace. And really good at... She's really good at playing, uh... Uh... Junkies that are about to OD. <laughs> Yeah, and that entire sequence—the OD, the, the stab OD the bitch part. in the heart. <laughs> Fuck that entire sequence is mm. just—you you really feel it's 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 intense. Yeah, like because there's no like no one's safe in a Tarantino movie. Like, be, true, like, eh? anyone can be killed. Yeah, fucking look at Hateful Eight. Everyone, mm. yeah, everyone and, and, dies. And Samuel L. Jackson gets his nuts shot off as well. So. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for another film. It's uh, that movie's gonna be two years old now, anyway. So, and let's. Be I think we're fine. If you if you wanted if, to see, if you were watching that movie with the hope that everyone survived, just yeah. don't There's, bother. And even and well, Travolta and what was I gonna say? Oh, it's basically it kind of cemented um, Tarantino and his like signature style of like nonlinear storytelling. Mm. The uh the cutting with, like, up of the chapters. Yeah, and with um like John Travolta's character dying halfway through the movie, and like Bruce Will- Butch Coolidge, who played by Bruce Willis, which also Bruce Willis is fantastic in this film. Oh yeah, and yeah, he kills Vincent Vega, and then that's like halfway through the film, and you realize, right, oh okay, that's Vega. actually the end. Yeah, that and that's halfway through the that movie. That scene shocked me so much. Yeah, I know. I'm I was like, like what, oh, dead? are they gonna like took it out or something? Nope. Fucking get shot in the chest. And also, can we get to my favourite scene in the movie? It's where they go... Like, they've just killed um, Marvin. They've just yeah. killed... Oh, yeah, that scene is fantastic. I just shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> Why the fuck did you do that? And they uh, turn up at... <laughs> they, at Jimmy's place. At Jimmy's place. Which is the great direct cameo of the director. Quentin Tarantino himself. Yeah. And can I just say, normally when a director... Puts themselves in their own movie. <laughs> Shyamalan! Yeah. Um, it's really bad. Yeah. It's really, really bad. This is fucking great. Mm. Quentin Tarantino... Because he's just yelling at them, he's like... Quentin Tarantino, granted, I think he could only play a, a certain... certain kind of role, as we'll yeah. talk about again not, later. Not an Australian. Definitely not. Yeah. He was an Australian in fucking Django Unchained. Oh, okay. Luckily, Jamie Foxx shoots him in the fucking head in like 30 seconds, so that's good. Nice. But in this film, he's fucking great. He's a great actor, honestly. Mm. Um, a- again, as I said, he- he'd have to be doing certain things, but he's good at those things. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he's just sitting there yelling at them, basically being a dick, mm. but... Uh, yeah. And... and- at the same time, yeah. he's worried because he doesn't and want his wife to yeah. come home and find them. Don't, yeah, don't and try. It's just good. Mm. It doesn't say it's like, 
I'm I'm not a fucking piece of toast. I'm not a piece of toast, Jules. I mean, I know how fucking good my coffee is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get I buy the gourmet shit. Okay. If I let Bonnie go out shopping, she buys shit. Okay. <laughs> And then Harvey Ta- Harvey Keitel shows up, and then he's like the Undertaker. Oh, like, the Wolf is the Wolf. That's right. He, brilliant. He reminds me of like the cleanup crew in the John Wick movies. Except it's one dude. Yeah, it's one dude. It's one dude who's just like, do whatever the fuck I tell you, or I'm leaving your ass out to dry. It's yeah. just he he's is so calm. Perfect. He's so calm. Like everyone else is freaking out. Like. Jimmy's freaking the fuck out. Jules and Vincent are, are freaking out. And then, like, he just comes and he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. But if you don't do it my way, like, fuck you, I'm out of here. Yeah. Oh, well, that scene where uh, Vincent goes off at him and he's about to leave and Vincent's just like, nope, nope, fucking stay, man. We can't yeah. do this. That is a great scene. Oh, but the the whole ending as well with Honey Bunny and um, whoever... What's the name of Tim Roth's character? I don't fucking yeah, know. Yeah, and then Jules and Vincent are in the thing and then they're, they're holding... Like, it's it's the beginning of the movie, isn't it? Where, no. the, the, the beginning of the movie is where they're robbing the diner, but aren't Vincent and Jules in there too? Yeah. But, yeah, but, that's, but that's right after... Is that a different that's robbery? That's after the stuff with Wolf. Is that... A, yeah, I know, but is that a different robbery? Yeah, start, yeah, the very start of the film is, is the, the same sa- robbery. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. And then it was like... But, but that that's part of it, really, is that there's mm. no context to that. It doesn't yeah. have anything to do with the film until right at the end. Yeah, it was, it's a cold open up until right at the very end. And that's part of the brilliance of, uh, of the whole disconnected mm. story. Yeah. It, and, yeah, just so many quotable lines in this movie as well. Yeah. Just like, and, where's Zed? Zed's bed. No. Zed's dead, Zed's baby. dead baby. <laughs> um, and while personally, the the first time through, it was better for me the second time. But the first time through, I found the um, the shifting between time to be very jarring. Mostly yeah, because it can of, be. Yeah. Mostly because of the for uh, the aforementioned death of Vincent. V- v- yeah. Um, uh, Vin- yeah, of Vincent. Um, because I just found it to be. He was probably my, uh, other than uh, I, I the entire cast. Pro- I was probably I was about to say that he was probably my favorite character in the film, but no, they were all they're all pretty pretty awesome. high up there. They, but um, I I found it really jarring after his death because I'm like, oh well, I, mm. what now? Like yeah. one of the best characters is dead, and then you get and and then in retrospect, I'm like, I actually liked the stuff with Butch yeah. a bit more than I thought yeah. I did the first time. And so, so the first time that ending was a bit. Wait, does he run over? Um, eh? Does he run over Marcellus Wallace? He he hits it was Marcellus him. Wallace, yeah. and then they get he has to taken by the yeah. guys, and he doesn't have to. He chooses to. Mm. And then, but then that's because he's like, I'm I'm in the clear if I save him, though, is it? Or or, eh, or, or, or at the end, he's like, like it was like I still. Is any kind of like I thank you for let... saving my life, but like I'm still coming for you, or no, is like no, you're you're clear, yeah, you're you cool. Get out of this. We're cool, but you can never come back to this city. Oh, that's okay, it. yeah. Oh, that's right. And that's he's right. like, all right. And then I was gonna fucking leave anyway. Who gives a fuck? And then fuck because uh, it's been a while since I've seen this as well. But why does Butch kill Vincent again? Because he's he's because Vincent's working for Marcellus Wallace. Oh yeah. Oh, and he sent Vincent to kill him, didn't he? No, he sent him to watch on the house. Oh yeah, and then Butch saves he, him and he, he kills. He didn't Vincent. have to kill Vincent. Um, it's just that he gets to the SMG first. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, and just before we move on as well, quickly on this pulp fi- on pulp fiction as well, like most good movies, like they have a very like this is a cult film. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And it's well, also uh, uh, there were quite a few cult fun- films in the nineties, really. Yeah, there was one of quite the a other few. ones that we're going to talk about a bit later was. Yep, um, and I'd well almost as... say Point Break was. Yeah, I would it... say Starship Troopers is definitely a cult film as well. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> but <sighs> don't know why I mentioned that. But yeah, Pulp Fiction. Like a lot of people say that one of the greatest movies that was never made was there was going to be a Vega Brothers movie mm. with Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction, and then Mr... Fuck, what was it? I think it's Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Because apparently they both have... Their, their both last name is Vega. Right. But, so, yeah, Michael Madsen's character from Reservoir Dogs, and there was going to be a movie with those two. Okay. Like, uh, I think they're like hitmen or something together, and then they just go off and That'd go on a That would have been... Yeah, a lot of people say it's like one of the greatest movies never made next to like um, George Miller's Justice League movie or like Tim Burton's Superman. Okay. That, uh, but Pulp Fiction, for me, it was definitely better on the second viewing, mm. I think. Yeah. And, well, back to, I just remember what I was going to say. Uh, have you heard about the fan theory of what's in the briefcase? No. So, apparently, what a lot of people think that what is in the briefcase is uh, Marcel Wallace's soul. <laughs> because apparently, well, and one of the one of the reasonings behind this is because Marcellus Wallace has a band aid at the back of his head, mm. and apparently that spot where the band aid is is right where the devil takes out your soul. Okay, sure. So apparently, because I remember someone asked um, Samuel L. Jackson what was in the briefcase, and he said uh, he said four AA batteries and a big ass flashlight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that's what was yeah. in there. Um, Which I think that's an amazing <laughs> Yeah That's an amazing response Also just quickly uh, Uma Thurman Her character didn't get a whole lot of time in this film really No But she's still and... just as popular as everyone else mm. um, Well at Pulp Fiction Party Well maybe that's because she's on the poster Yeah But like nearly at, Like people have Pulp Fiction theme parties all the time And like yeah. she's like She's a very popular Halloween costume as well Hmm. Because mm. she's and she is a great character, really. The entire diner scene is probably... Yeah, and the twist scene as well. One of my favourites. Um, and something that we have to talk about is Qu- Quentin Tarantino's style of um, the really long conversations that don't add to the story at all. But they're just entertaining as hell to listen to. Yeah. Like, the entire opening of just... Um, uh, it was, um, yeah, Vincent and Jules just in the car. Like, he just came back from Amsterdam or somewhere. Amsterdam. Well, yeah, he yep. just yeah, he just came back from Amsterdam and he's talking about the differences between like fast food and Europe and like how Big Mac it's called La Big Mac and they the Royale with cheese. And it's like what do they call a whopper? I don't know, I didn't go to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> and um well e- even the cold open like you were talking about where yeah. it's just two robbers talking about robbing places. Yeah, and then the I love you, I love you. And then all right, this is a robbery. <laughs> yeah. But it's it, fantastic. It, that, that seems like at least, what, three, four minutes long? Yeah. And it's just them talking. And again, it doesn't yeah. make sense and until then, the end, but also, those characters aren't really important. No, and then also the soundtrack to this movie as well. Oh, yeah. Surf rock. Like, it shouldn't fit a movie like this, like, just using mostly surf rock, mm. but it does. And then I'm so pissed off that the Black Eyed Peas fucking ruined that song about ten years later. Eh. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, uh... You said right. like you wanted to move on, so... Yeah, so from one Quentin Tarantino film onto uh, a movie that Quentin Tarantino... Well, not necessarily... It's identifiably kind of Tarantino, it, but he he didn't direct this one. You could be forgiven for 
You could be forgiven for thinking it was a Tarantino. Film. Well, he did write it, and he is acting mm. in it. And I only he, just he did have a heavy hand in it. And I only just saw this yesterday because Kyle wanted to talk about it on this podcast. Yeah, from dusk till dawn. Yeah. Now, everybody says like this movie. I don't know, like, cause I haven't because I wasn't alive in 1996, and even if I was, like, I definitely would not have been old enough to watch this <laughs> fucking movie. But everyone, I don't know, like, did the advertising say that there was vampires in it or not? Oh, because a lot, every time when someone mentions the from dusk till dawn, they say how fucking extreme the second half gets, and it just goes full on crazy town in the last like half hour. Well, I don't know if that really has anything to do with the trailers. Honestly, that's just how the film goes. Well, it it builds. Uh, should we watch the trailer after this and have a look, or should we? You want to pause the movie, watch the trailer, and see if Ed, vampires. Do you, yeah, so let's what do we'll do, we'll, now we'll do. We'll, all right. So we're gonna pause the podcast. We're gonna watch the trailer from from till du- from dusk till dawn, and see if, if vampires are even mentioned in the slightest in the trailer. Okay, so we've just watched the trailer for from dusk till dawn, the original theatrical trailer, and there are vampires in it. Yeah. So my understanding was that there wasn't going to be, that there wouldn't have been any, and that the vampires. Because the way that everyone talks about it, the vampires were such a surprise, and they just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, maybe people just didn't watch the trailers. Maybe. Well, because the trailer ends with um, one of the guys, and you can see the vampires' hands creep, like, slowly crawling up on their shoulders. And it says vampires. Yeah. No, in- <laughs> no interviews. Clearly taking a stab at interview with a vampire, which I think came out a couple of years earlier. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, man. It's it's this a crazy a ass movie. movie. The the as you were saying, the first half is probably a bit tamer. Yeah, but it's it's still pretty interesting though. Like there's this, these two fugitives, they're on the run and they kidnap this family and they're trying to get this deal done. So uh, the Gecko Brothers, played by George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino being a crazy ass motherfucker. Yeah, and uh, uh, is he a registered sex offender as well or something um, like that? I think I mentioned something like that. I th- because so. he has the hots for Juliette Lewis in this movie. He has the hots for anything that moves. Yeah. Really. Um, Qu- Quentin Tarantino plays an amazing creep. Yeah, he does. And that's what he does throughout this entire movie. He's well, he a massive looks, fucking creep. He looks naturally creepy, though. He's just... And maybe because he's like so huge as well, and like mm. the way he's... Whereas George Clooney, in contrast, yeah. just fucking oozes style. Yeah, but even, even with bogan neck tats, he still looks... Yeah. The entire He's still way so through this film, this. he is just the coolest motherfucker. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a few moments where he's yelling at everyone and like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah. But even then you're like, wow, this guy is fucking cool. Mm. Um, this is the one who, this is the guy who I'd want to be in a biker bar full of vampires with, like fighting off vampires. So, so the ba- basic plot of the film is the Gecko Brothers uh, have a standoff at a... At a liquor store. At a liquor store. Uh, they kill one of the sheriffs, um, the other one survives and hunts them and turns up later at the bar, um, and they they run off to this um, strip club where they're meeting with their yeah, contact the, to, the, get their, the to get their money so they can fucking leave. But they need a ride first, though. They, they need a ride to help them get over the border. Yep. So, so they hijack a RV with... Filled with a family. Filled with a priest who's lost his faith. Yep. His adopted Asian son and his biological daughter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's already some troubles brewing there when the Gecko Brothers mm. join the family. 
And already, like, as soon as he sees... As soon as um, Richie, Quentin Tarantino's character, sees Juliette Lewis's character, who I forget her name, like the daughter... Yeah. Uh, he immediately, like, was it he, fantasizes yeah, or, like, thinks the, he says, like... He, he has a lot of fantasies where people are begging him to... Basically, yeah. To, to fuck them. To lay with him. Um, which plays into the movie movie quite hmm. well later, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and then they go to the titty twister. They're there. They're having fun. Um, what? They're having shit, fun. What's, the, what's uh, George Clooney's character's name? Seth. Seth. Seth Gecko. Seth Gecko. Seth encourages little Asian boy to get some. Yeah, and... Um, uh, in, encourages... The priest. Um, yeah, it was ha- Rich, yeah, Richie says that. R- Richie says like, "Oh, if you want a lap dance, let me know. I'll pay, I'll shout you or something like that." Yeah, but it, Seth's yeah. encouraging them all to have a good time, and um, Seth's getting them all to take shots. Yeah, and then shit gets fucked up when uh, Selma, Selma Hayek, Hayek comes, comes out on stage. with a snake. She's got a snake. She's dancing. You know, generally just being Selma Hayek. Then comes up to Quentin Tarantino, and you can see his boner rising from underneath <laughs> his seat. Um, he has a few more fantasies. Mm. And um, and then shit goes down. So how exactly does it go down? Like I watched this yesterday, and I'm trying to remember exactly. I can't for the life oh. of me remember. Because Quentin Tarantino at the beginning of the movie, he gets shot through the hand. Right. And he gets, and he throughout the entirety of the movie, his hand is duct tape. Mm. And what happens? Oh no! Yeah, the guy, the guy from outside who um, Seth beats up, because he's like, hey, you can't come in here, and then. Seth beats the shit out of him. Mm. Like, he comes into the bar and sees them, and then a, one of the guys gets a knife and stabs it straight through the exact same hole that Quentin t- that Richie has through his hand. Salma Hayek sees this, sees the blood dripping off the... Goes full vampire. Yeah. Goes full vampire. And then I think George Clooney notices something, because he's, he's, I think he stabs one of them earlier. Like, a couple of them are trying to fight him. Right. And, like, he fights them off and, like, kills a couple of them. And then he looks at the knife and there's green blood. And he's like, okay, something's off. And then, yeah, Quentin Tarantino gets bitten by Salma Hayek. And then, massive blood frenzy. Whole bunch of truckers start getting eaten. And we eaten. get one of the best characters in the film, Sex Machine. Sex Machine. Come on, Sex Machine. <laughs> um, it's just a dude with a gun strapped to his balls. Yeah. <laughs> like a literal gun. Is that the guy um, that has the gun in his... And it has, like, it, the two... It's in his, it's in his pants. Is that that guy? Is two, that Sex um, Machine? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. And it's got two, um... Two, uh... What do you call them? Cylinders? Yeah. Two two cylinders for balls. Two, uh... Fully loaded two, cylinders. Mm. Um... And to, uh, fire the gun, he just has to give it a good thrust. <laughs> yeah. You know, get get some good shots in. Uh, gets him right in the face. Mm. Um, I'm even surprised. Like the creature work in like the, the creatures the in this look movie look a little bit corny. Oh, and when they die and like almost internally combust, some yeah. some of it does look pretty. Like some of it's all right, and some of it's like okay, that looks like from a what, PS1 what's game. Danny Trejo's character. Oh, I, I don't know. I will quickly look is this he up. A vampire? He is a vampire because he like dies like three times. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway, point is, Danny Trejo's in this movie doing... Because he's in every movie yeah. ever made. We checked his IMDb a moment ago, and he has 336 acting credits. Mm. That's impressive. And I don't know if that includes the Snickers and Old El Paso commercials I've seen him on. Yeah, 
Probably doesn't. And probably all the, the hundreds of student films he's probably done too. Mm. Like, I've got the a feeling if you just ask Danny is, Trejo to be in your movie, Selma he'll do Hayek it. Hayek is in this movie being Selma Hayek and doing her Selma Hayek y things, Danny Trejo is in this movie doing Danny Trejo Trejo y things, like fucking people up. Razor Charlie is the name of his character. Okay. From Dust Till Dawn. Um, I can't remember anything exactly of. Of Danny Trejo? Uh, he, well, he's one of the vampires, and I think. I can't remember exactly. I think he just. Like, so many of the vampires just die with... St- but something that I'm just wondering, why would they have so much wooden furniture if it could possibly kill them in this bar? Um, because, because it's a uh, rundown bar in an Aztec temple in uh, Mexico. Steel furniture. <laughs> True. Metal furniture. Don't have any anyway, wood. In case that could happen. Basically, the whole thing. In team... case you're in a bar in Mexico, there is going to be a bar brawl going on. Pit... Yeah. Shit is going to be smashed. And if they find out that you're vampires and there's wood yeah, around, they, they you're screwed. They figure there's heaps of them. The vampires can just eat everyone. It'll be fine. Um, but basically, they gear up. They're like, all right, we're going to go kill some fucking vampires and get out of here because the doors are locked. So they have to go into the fucking catacombs and uh, fight their way out. And I, th- I know Seth... Uh, not Seth. Richie dies. Yeah, and he comes back as a vampire. He's a vampire. He's a vampire. Ah. And, then they, and then Seth kills him. Yep. And then... Bye-bye, creepy man. And, and uh, the father dies. The father gets bitten. Yeah. And the son goes in such an amazing fashion. Because he gets bitten, and, like, five vampires are going around him. And he's like... And his sister's about to shoot him, and the brother's like, Kill me, kill me. She shoots one arrow, and they all fucking blow up. Damn. It's amazing. So, yeah, that all happens, and then the guy that they that, that was going to meet him at the Titty Twister, he comes, and he's like, shoot some holes through the door, because it's du- the sun is now rising. Mm. And so they keep shooting holes through it, and then basically all of them, all the vampires die, and then he sees him, and he's like, oh, good to see you. And George Clooney's like, what the, f- why the fuck did you send us here? <laughs> he's like, seriously. It's... Uh, I lost my brother, this girl lost film. her entire fucking family. What gives, man? <laughs> Um, and then there's this great shot where it sort of rotates. Um, yeah, you see the back of the it, bar. It rotates around because the bar's in a giant temple. Yeah, as, of as the mini, as the RV's driving off, because George Clooney goes with the guy he was going to meet, and then J- Juliette Lewis goes back in her RV and drives off. And as it's I driving, she went with them. I can't remember. It's one of the two. But as they're driving off, the camera pulls out from behind the bar, and you see there is this giant Aztec temple that it's built on. Yeah, and then behind it. There's a massive ass canyon with just thousands of dead bodies. Yeah, and truck like they prey on truckers, obviously. Yeah, like there's a fuck ton of dead people in that ditch. Yeah, it's a really fun movie, and Robert Rodriguez probably one of his best films, I think too. Yeah, but I'd because say so. there is so much diff. Well, I haven't seen um Desperado, Desperado and El Mariachi. I don't know if those are good movies because yeah, that's what kind of got him started. And I'm surprised this is an Antonio Banderas. No, oh, sorry. Antonio Banderas was not in this Robert Rodriguez film. Yeah. Interesting. But this movie has some fucking perfect casting. Yeah, and all the practical effects are just amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, there is a TV series based on it that I watched the first season of. Uh, don't watch it. It's not good. It's... The first season was ex- was passable. I've watched, just, I just... I've watched the first three episodes of the second season, and it's pretty bad. Oh. It, the only good bit is Danny Trejo killing stuff. The, Danny Trejo's... Is he the same character? Do you know? Um, 
I mean, they mess with a lot of shit in the film. The first season is basically just the movie. Even though the really? episodes are like hour longs. It's, it's just stretched out. The, fir- the first like six Jeez. episodes don't even touch on the vampires, really. Um, wow. It, it's still kind of good. Like at first I was enjoying it. Um, it's just that it goes downhill. Goes downhill real fast. That's a shame. Once you once you uh, learn about the Mexican snake vampires. Oh, what? Mexican snake vampires. That sounds cool. Vampire? No, they're not. They look oh. so lame. They're so lame. Damn it. Um. So apparently, you can't just have vampires. They have to be Mexican snake vampires with magic. Um. I'm assuming it's magic because when. They find Danny Trejo, he's a stone statue, and they turn him into not a stone statue. Oh, okay. So, magic Mexican vampire snakes. Jeez. Um, that shed their skin, have venom, uh, but they also have scales on their face when they pull their fangs right. out, and it looks dumb as fuck. I take, out, I take back what I said about earlier about Jurassic Park on the moon. That sounds like a shitty straight-to-sci-fi straight channel movie. Yeah. All right. Well, holy shit, we've done. We've been recording for nearly an hour and a half, and I've got to do something very quick. I, my dad's going to be having like 15 minutes, so we better, we better power through these last couple of movies. Um, okay. All right. You only just watched this for the first time yesterday, am I right? Last night, yeah. Last night. But you know you're not supposed to talk about it, though. I don't know if we can talk about it on our podcast, because it's breaking the first rule. Jesus Christ, fuck, man. What? That's an old joke. All right, yep. Yeah. So, In fact, you, it's if, about... It's about 18 old. years old, that joke, Almost yeah. Almost as old as I am. Yeah, wow. Uh, Alright, yeah, so Fight, Fight Club. Club, yes. David Finch's Fight Club. The this, fucking soap, man. This movie's fucked up. And yeah. I love it. And I love it so it's, much. Yeah, I was um, I was kind of only half watching, because that's how I watch movies these days. Um, but it was fucking good. If I didn't... I, I already knew the reveal, of course. Yeah, well, the, everyone the big reveal. Knows the reveal. That, um, Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden and Jack, and, and or the narrator. We'll, we'll I think he's him, Jack, or we'll the narrator. Him, uh, I don't think it's ever confirmed, but we'll call him Jack for the sense of simplicity. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the sake of simplicity, sorry. Yeah. Um, the reveal that they're the same person, and Tyler Durden sort of takes over his mind every once mm. in a while. Um, it's probably a little bit of an emo film, honestly. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, like, that was right in the middle... Well, 1999. Yeah. It, they were definitely... Well, maybe... They were, they were probably going for, like, the Matrix crowd as well, which we'll talk about in a moment. But, like, that's they're very similar films, I'd think. In some ways, yeah. In, in some of the ways. But the entire... The entire plot and the way it's done to give you that sense of confusion... Um, it's just fucking great. Oh, yeah. And I think the way that they... Hide the reveal from you is mm. fucking perfect. It's yeah, like they hint at it so much. Like on repeat viewings, you're like, "How did I not see this? How did yeah. I not see this?" Well, like, as, as I said, already knowing um, that yeah. they were the same person, and I already I knew that um, at the start there were the flickers, of, the flickers of the you see Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden, but I only caught one of them. I, caught... I I still missed heaps of yeah, them somehow, even knowing There's they like were there. There's like four of them. Yeah. I I, I, noticed, I think I, I only noticed the first one. I missed... Yeah, I, I think I'm... Where I it's like the, the Doctor. And yeah. Yeah, that's the one that's most noticed, um, I think. And the... It, it's weird. It's such a... 
Oh, spe- speaking of which, just before we, we'll just quickly go back to From Dust Till Dawn. The editing in the bit where George Clooney goes back to the motel room and finds that, that he's murdered the woman that they've kidnapped. Oh, and yeah. And the editing, like, the, it's slowly panning in on them, and they'll just quick cut to the body of, like, a close-up of, like, a bloody sheet or something. That's brilliant. Yeah. That, that is that absolutely movie's... brilliant. I think that movie's a bit underappreciated, honestly. Yeah, it is. It's got a bit of a... Cult status. Cult, yeah, nowadays, but um, I, I think it's still a bit underappreciated, honestly. Mm. But this movie... Well, this is a cult movie for sure. Fight oh, Club. yeah. Uh, being a bit of a box office flop. Yeah. And then, not, uh, not really much of a critical success as well. Like, Roger Ebert uh, called it macho porn uh, when, it, when it first came out. But, you know, if you haven't heard of Fight Club... I yeah, honestly he... don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, some people just know about, well, obviously, the first rule of Fight Club. And but the second a lot of rule. People, but a lot of people, when I talk about Project Mayhem, they're like, what the fuck's that from? Yeah. Because it, I, probably... I quote that more than the actual first rule of Fight Club. First mm. rule of Project Mayhem is that you don't, do not ask questions. Well, I, I think it's probably one of the most parodied films of all time. Mostly just for that Maybe. one scene. Yeah, but also uh, the ending to this film as well. The ending's pretty good. Um, I don't understand how shooting yourself in the face... Um, uh, Nobody does. K- ...kills I, I think Tyler it was. I think it might have meant... It was intended to be a bit more of a psychological... No, I'm killing you. But, and the shot in the face was just the... Yes, I am willing to do what it takes. Oh, okay. Um, that, that's my interpretation it has, of it. Because I, I thought he was just going to blow his own, threaten to blow his own brains out, honestly. I think it is one of my favourite movie endings ever. Like, the final scene of Fight Club when Helena Bottom Carter comes up and then, like, they're both holding hands as they're watching the whole fucking city be destroyed. Yeah. And the fucking Pixie song starts playing, which is incredible. Yeah. That song, it just fits it so perfectly. But I just... And then, also, the last line of the film. Like, he just looks at Helena Bottom Carter and is like, oh, what's wrong? And he just looks up and he's like... You met me at a very strange time in my life. <laughs> and then you slowly, it slowly goes back as the buildings are falling. And then you get the picture of a dick. A subliminal dick right before the credits. Oh, fun. No, because they, they talk yeah, about that yeah, in the... Yeah, I know. Um, Did you not notice that? No, I didn't actually. Yeah, you get, you get that right at the end of the film. Uh, I think um, it's like, it might not be the last shot, but it's the very... It's like just before the last shot. Okay. But, um... I, I love... The way that they avoid Tyler Durden com- coming into contact with everyone else. Yeah. Um, as I was saying, having or- already knowing the twist, you pay so much more attention to it e- every time that, you know, there's somebody standing there or something. And it's just so good. And I love every time um, Jack talks to the, I guess, acolytes of Project Mayhem mm. and they call him Sir every time. I'm just like, you fool. Mm. It's it's just there. And he just misses it every time. Right until that epic reveal. Which, I think part of the reason the reveal is so good is because it's just so casual. Yeah. It, it's not like some big, dun-dun-dun. Yeah, he's just like, that's right. You knew it all along, didn't you? Like, yeah. Y- yeah, in your mind, you knew it was true. You just didn't want to believe it or something like that. And it like just that. builds up a bit. And then he's just like, we're the same person. And it's just... Fucking mic drop. Yeah, and there's not even like a swelling of the music when that happens there's, either. There's not. It's just mic drop, they keep talking. Which I guess defeats mm. the purpose of a mic drop. But you get my point. Uh, imagine that. You drop the mic, you're like, oh, shit. Just go, go to pick <laughs> oh, it up. Oh, wait, like, I wasn't sorry, done talking. I wasn't, I wasn't finished. <laughs> it's Friday night, by the way. Um, 
Fuck, it was a good film. It, it's a really good um, film. It, even on my shitty old copy that I bought from the dying Video Easy. Oh, it, oh wait, no, it's it's dead now, I'm pretty sure. I think it closed at Easter time, didn't it? Pretty sure, yeah. R.I.P.D. Now they just have the... R.I.P.D. Video Easy. Now they just have the machine out the front of the store. Oh, okay. DVDs from. Like the little kiosk. Oh, just use Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> or Cashies. Last film that we're going to talk about. Possibly one of the most... Probably one of the most memorable films from the 90s. Oh, look. Fucking everybody. It, it is so 90s, though. It is so 90s. Yeah. The Matrix. Yeah. And probably the last time anyone... And then was the first mistake in saying, Hey, let's, give, let's always give the Wachowskis a shitload of money. That can never go wrong. Oh wait, Jupiter never Ascending, ever, Speed Racer, Cloud. Oh, Cloud Atlas was actually all right, but <laughs> I, yeah, um, yeah. The Matrix was a great film. It is on very... its own. Mm. There is there is only one Matrix movie. The other two don't count. Mm. Well, there's a bunch of books and shit too. Oh, and comics. the the Animatrix as well, which I've heard is okay. Which there, heard... there were also the video co- games, which were actually all right. Oh, yeah, Enter the Matrix is really fun. I've played that. Yeah. I've still um, got it on PS2, actually. Hmm. There's one where you play as Neo and another one oh, where yeah. you don't. Uh, Path of Neo, I think, is another one. Yeah. The yeah. one where you don't play as Neo is the better one. Yeah, Enter the Matrix. And there was an MMO for it for a while. Oh, Where nice. you're, like, inside the Matrix and you can play as, like, one of the different factions and oh, yeah. do shit. Can you can you um rave at Mount Zion or whatever it is? Uh, no. Zion? No, Go to the rave cave? There's no bits outside the Matrix. Oh. It's all in the Matrix. But, um, anyway, definitely one of the... Probably the, yeah, I'd say it's the biggest film on this list, except maybe yeah. for Jurassic Park. I mean, just so much, like a lot of a cup, quite a few of the visual effects don't quite stand. Yeah, like, a lot of the jumping yeah. doesn't look like very it good. looks. I mean, the the Reloaded and Revolutions are so much worse. Oh. Like the like it looked kind of like like the slow motion is really bad. Oh, the bullet the bullet time in in this movie. Uh, I think it's the, this one. the bu- is that the one where he dodges the bullet then the bullet yeah. time that still looks great. I reckon I it looks think. a bit. I mean, it's all right. I think, I think it looks. A bit, I think the one yeah. that looks better is where Neo and Agent Smith are jumping at each other and they both shoot and then it does like the kind of three sixty around them, and no, they're like I, grabbing I think, each other. And I shooting. think all the three sixty revolutions look a bit janky. Mm. Yeah, it it hasn't aged quite as well, but it's still really entertaining. It, it's film. definitely one of. The most it's, influential. It's films. extremely entertaining as um, well. I was saying that Pulp Fiction's been parodied, you know, a million. Uh, not Pulp Fiction. Well, yes, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But I was saying it Fight was, Club um, had been yeah. parodied a million times. Oh my god! This, this movie definitely has been. And there was um, how many Matrix ripoffs were there? Oh Jesus Christ! There were so thousand. many. I um, and how many of them were successful? I think Underworld might be the only well, Matrix ripoff. I even played the old um, Jack and Daxter spinoff. Da- Daxter had a dream sequence where you're fighting off that that's the parody of the scene from the second one where he's fighting off all the clones oh yeah oh that scene looks like shit that scene looks like a ps2 yeah, game yeah but it was still fucking awesome it looks like a ps2 game that but thing. it was still awesome <laughs> maybe back whether then, or not yeah. it was shit it was fucking yeah you have great. like a th- you've got rubber keanu reeves fighting a whole bunch of rubber but rubber um... keanu reeves is all is the only keanu reeves I don't know. Other Has than he... vampire Keanu Reeves, obviously. Oh, what, what what movie did he play a vampire? Oh, I, I mean, no. Nope. Oh I no, mean, there are because he doesn't age. Oh, you okay. Fool. 
No, oh, wait, no, he wasn't the Dracula movie, but he was. Um, he was. Gran- Jonathan... Granted, he looks a bit old, older now. Yeah. Finally, yeah. only took him thirty years to start aging. Yeah. So yeah, you got Keanu, and as well, something that I found out. Did you know that Sean Connery was the first choice to be Morpheus? Really? Yeah. I can't see that happening. Well, like, yeah. but then he was like, "Oh, this shit's too far. I don't understand what the fuck's going on here." I. Can kind of but then, it? but then, like after he said no to that, they asked him if he wanted to be the architect for like the revolutions and um, reloaded. Right. But then the architect in Reloaded is just like, wait, what? That that was the turning point because Reloaded's quite a fun movie. But as soon as they get to the architect, you're like, what yeah, is going too much on exposition now? And then it's just that like, entire oh, wait, there's a plot and a cycle and stuff. Stuff about philosophy. I mean, th- it does mention a lot of that. I mean, there there is like a lot of more, I mean, uh, Neo was already a Jesus analog. Yeah, well, his so. name is an anagram for the one for one. Yeah. So that was pretty obvious for that. But what a clever anagram! Three mm, little words. It's ha, like ha, ha. it's like um what they called like someone that was very mysterious. His name was like something Edwards. So he was Mister E. Yeah. So he was a mystery. Wow, you're on the. Or lit- like, you're literally on the same level as a Batman villain. Or I think there the was... Riddler's name is Enigma. I think there was another one. I, I can't remember. It's like some shitty. It might have been Devil's Advocate or like some other shitty movie with the devil in it. Like the devil came to Earth and Earth and his name was Lewis Cipher. Really? Yes. Lewis wow. Cipher. Wow. Fuck off, eat shit and die movie, whatever movie that was. I can't remember what Jesus, it was. But yeah. That's bad. But The Matrix. Yeah. And something that I don't that I wish I could see more in movies, Joe Pantaleano as just a scummy bloody bad guy. Oh. Like a turncoat. He is just I miss him. I miss Joe where is Joe Joe Pantaleano? Or Joey Pants as the guys at We Hate Movies always call him. I would have no clue. But yeah, he's always played good at playing weaselly kind of turncoats. Yeah, no, he was pretty good. A lot mm. of the performances in the first one were kind of... Actually, I'd yeah. say all of them were fairly hit and miss, except for his. Oh, yeah. Oh, Carrie-Anne Moss, she's I mean, not a great actress. No, but She's good she's in really Memento, not. but not as Trinity. Morpheus was pretty good. Oh, Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus is great. Yeah. But yeah, there was... And Keanu Reeves was Keanu Reeves. You know what? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> we... we, we... The only reason he keeps employed is because he... Because he's... He's cool. Yeah. But he's not really a yeah, it looked like great a... actor. Until you put him in John he... Wick, and then he was fucking amazing. Oh, he was great in John Wick. And there was something else I was going to say. Oh, my favourite my favorite character and my favourite line in the entirety of The Matrix. Do you remember Switch? The, um... chick, with the, the chick with the short blonde hair. Oh, yeah. And when she dies, like when she's about to be unplugged by Cypher, she's like, not like this. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> it's so funny. Not... I can't help but laugh every time I see that. Uh, no, how dare I be killed by unplugging of my brain. No, but it's like, oh, you died. <laughs> yeah. The characters were a bit more disposable oh, yeah. than I thought and the same they were was, yeah. to be. And same with Tank as well. And like, as, he, as, he, as he's about to unplug the air... The fact that I don't remember any of their names... T- Tank X Machina, he comes out with the things like, you better... It's like, it, 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 I think he says, it's going to take a fucking miracle to stop me. And he comes out, Tank comes out with the gun, he's like, you better fucking believe in miracles, bitch! And just shoots Joey Pants, like, straight in the fucking head. Yeah. Oh, sorry, speaking of shooting people in the head, uh, Fight Club... 
Oh, when yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bob gets his head blown off. His name. The scene was... where they showed that, I was expecting him to just be like shot in the chest or something. Mm. It would man. That, it wouldn't hurt him though. Mm, I mean, it would. But I know, I know, because that was played by Meatloaf. That was Meatloaf. Yeah. You know that, right? I don't. Is, do you think he added weight for that? Or do you think Meatloaf already fucking looked like that? I don't know. And I don't really want to, to be honest. No. But his name was Robert The scene when they Paulson. uncover the blanket and his fucking brains just fall out. Yeah. Jesus Christ. His name was Robert Paulson. <laughs> his name was Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. That, that bit just like... Guys, yeah. surely you have enough self-awareness to be like, wait... This is fucked. We're in a cult. <laughs> Get me out of here. Uh, is that Kool-Aid? I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, man. The, All right. the, the stuff with Project Mayhem started to get a bit... Mm. Yeah. Yep. I reckon... Well, just back on The Matrix. The Wachowskis, as good as The Matrix is, they peaked way too early. Mm. They are... They are. It's quite similar to Shyamalan, their career, when you think about it. They made yeah. one good movie. Except then... they never started going back up. Oh, Cloud Atlas was actually pretty good, and I think that's a very, very underrated movie. It's just very, very long and very difficult to understand, but once you actually finally connect the dots, it's pretty amazing, that film. Okay. But yeah, then you get to shit like Speed Racer and Jupiter Ascending. Oh yeah, they made Speed Racer. And then, well, they, <laughs> did, like, they, they did write V for Vendetta, which is okay. No, okay. V for Vendetta was good, but yeah, ev- apart v from that... V for Vendetta was... Uh... Pretty good. And apparently... Remember, I, remember, the 5th yeah. of November. And I haven't watched their Netflix series since My dad has, he liked it, but my dad liked the I've Lone been Ranger film. To watch it. I've been meaning to watch it, but it just got cancelled, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. And I should say, I've been calling them the Wachowskis because I don't know if you're aware, but they are both now uh, transgender women. Yes, I, I am aware. Yeah. Which, but weirdly, they still can't write a decent female character, though. Mmm. Which is sad. Yeah. I don't know. The Wachowskis just confuse me, man. Yeah. They're, they're, I reckon they're good visuals. They're, some of their visuals are kind of incredible. Like, mm. if they were directors, that would be fine. I think it's the problem is their writing. Yeah. I think their writing's just pretty let someone there. else write the screenplay. You can direct it, but just let someone else write it, please. I think that'd work. Yeah. Well, if you had a look at the Matrix, the Matrix sequels, they're yeah, bad. Mm. All right, we, we, it's quite clear that this podcast is running out of steam, so <laughs> let's um, let's end it here because I think my dad will be home soon anyway. So thanks yep. very much for Kyle Gibson for coming on the show. No problem. No worries. Do you want to plug anything? Where can people find you on the internet if they want to get around? If they want to argue with you on Twitter and saying you're oh. wrong. Oh yeah. What's wrong? That definitely. Silence of Lambs is a piece of shit. <laughs> Kill yourself. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Guy Gomba, that's G-U-Y-G-O-M-B-A-A, and you can find me on Instagram at karuka.k, that's K-A-R-O-U-K-A dot K. Nice. Awesome. Oh, just before we... I'm really bad at this. Just before we finish off, um, something that I really wanted to do before on each episode, because this is meant to be a weekly show, (sighs) but... Yeah, it's been, in weekly, it's like every three fortnights I do this. So I'm just going to quickly, so we're going to quickly talk about the films that are coming up this week. So I'm going to put it up, maybe put this up very soon. I'll edit it and I'll put it up. So two films coming out this week. Spider-Man Homecoming. Will you be seeing it? I know Um... there has not been a decent Spider-Man movie since 2004. 
I don't really see many movies in theaters because that costs money, <laughs> and I don't have any money. Okay. Um, but I, I will see this film at some point. I would yep. like to see this film. And the, the early reviews are quite good. Yeah, so... it's... Um, as I was saying to you just before we started the podcast, a lot of people have been uh, complaining about the trailers showing off everything, and, oh, I'm not going to see it because I already know what the story is. If you are seeing a Marvel film... For the story, I can't help you. No. You're fucking doing it wrong. Because I can tell you the story of every single Marvel movie right now. Hero fucks up. Hero fixes their fuck up. End of film. End credit scene. Join the Avengers. Pretty much. Or, hey, T's next movie. Yeah. Alright, yep. Or, in the case of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, just do some fun shit. Yeah. Why not? And also coming out this week, a very interesting cat of programming is a little independent horror film called It Comes at Night. Yeah. Also, that that wins the movie that most sounds like a porno award, definitely. Yeah. But also, so I showed you the trailer for this just before we started recording, yes. and it looks creepy as it hell. It looks pretty good. Um, I don't really have any clue what it's about. No, well... Apparently the trailers are a little misleading, so I don't I, know why I showed you that. But... I did initially think it might have been a Last of Us film, mm. but um, it does look like that a little bit, doesn't it, it? It does a bit. The there was the opening shot was just of trees, and then it had a, guy a dude in a, a gas tree. mask uh, wandering through the forest with another dude tied to the tree, and it the um sorry, keep going. What, what do you call it? The um not sim- the cinematography. Reminded me of The Last of Us with all... Just yeah, yeah, it did. The way it was depicted, I suppose. Yeah, well, so... It, well, this, this is probably going to be very, very, very limited release, this movie. So, I know the local cinema route where I am in Hawthorne is going to be playing it. Mm. It definitely won't be here in Shepparton, though. Yeah. For definitely not. It. But if you definitely can get a chance to see it, it does look very good. And it also, does. I saw the runtime as well. 92 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. Which, that looks... Like, I always look at the runtime of films before I go into them. Transformers, three hours. Transformers, yeah. Oh, something else. Christopher Nolan's World War II film, Dunkirk. I thought that was going to be a three-hour epic. An hour and 47 minutes. Hmm. That is beautiful. That is... Well, I hope that it's not cut to shit, first off. Yeah. And also... So, yeah. That's... I'm really excited for that, and I'll be seeing that in IMAX. That's going to be awesome. All right. So, two good movies coming out this weekend that you can go see. Yeah. I will definitely be seeing Spider-Man. If you have money. Yes, which I do have money. Oh, busted. And so, yeah, I'm getting all this good podcasting dosh. <laughs> I get no money for this. Please, please help me. I'm, I'm, I'm literally broke. Hey. Just kidding. Hey, just, just kidding. At least you have a job. I do too. It's always... Yeah, I know. I'm a, I'm a professional plus... podcaster, mate. Oh. I'm a professional uh, procrastinator. Slacker. Dull no, not Profession- a professional doll. Not quite oh. at that point yet. I'm not that low. Jeez. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks once again for Kyle Gibson for coming on my show. No problem. All right. I am now officially on Twitter. So I am now on Twitter at SeanHub underscore. That is my personal profile. And another Bloody Movie podcast is also now on Twitter as well. But because Twitter's uh, Twitter handles have to be very, very short... Another bloody movie podcast does not fit on a Twitter handle, so we are at AB Movie Podcast on Twitter. So I, I don't think I have too many followers. So if you get around that, that would be great. So subscribe, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave it, like us, rate us, review us, give us a nice five star review. That would be much appreciated. That might get me up the rankings a little bit. Follow me on SoundCloud. Give this, give this 
episode a like if you really enjoyed this episode. You can like our Facebook page, which is another Buddy Movie Podcast. We're nearly at 60 likes on that, so get around nice. that. That will be great. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Another Bloody Movie Pod. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Sean Hub. So my Twitter and my Instagram is the exact same. That's Sean Hub under, that is Sean Hub underscore. That is S-E-A-N-H-U-B underscore. Thanks very much for Kyle Gibson coming on the show. You're, you're very welcome. All right. And thank you all for listening. See you later.